I'm going to start this episode with a quote from Timothy Leary. You are only as young as the last time you changed your mind. So think about that. How young are you? When was the last time you had a belief of yours challenged and maybe even changed? On our last episode, we talked about the importance of unlearning with Kevin Kelly. And I think a large part of unlearning is to be open-minded and flexible with your beliefs and not hold on to them so tightly. And we've all been guilty, I know I have at least, of being hard-headed and not willing to change our minds on a given mantra or methodology. And I'm sure you can relate that the times that I have been closed-minded or maybe too stubborn, that it usually does more harm than good. So I thought I would live out the idea of being open-minded and changing my mind on this episode. So I used to have the term work-life balance used many times in my vocabulary. And when some people would ask me the meaning and purpose of this podcast, I sometimes simplify and say I'm interested in the examples and benefits of taking time to step away from the day-to-day grind of work and balance it out in order to achieve work-life balance. Well, there might be a better concept than work-life balance out there. And the internet gifted me an idea from blogger Mike Sturm that replaces the idea of work-life balance with what he calls work-life harmony. Mike has a lot of great thoughts about how we can benefit from bringing our work into our personal life rather than isolate the two from each other in attempts to quote balance. Our conversation discusses the benefits and how you can achieve your own version of work-life harmony. So, Mike, you know, you have a fantastic body of work online that Oh, thanks. My, my yeah, you're welcome. That my listeners will be able to access, but I'm curious when you're there in those smaller towns talking to everyday people when they say, "So Mike, what do you do?" What's your answer these days? I usually just tell them I'm a salesman uh, because that's my primary gig. Um so I work for a an industrial distribution company out here. Uh we sell you know, small components like nuts, bolts, and screws, and things like that to to larger companies. And uh, I've been there since like 2010, kind of working my way into different positions. So that's that's normally what I tell people I do. But it depends on the audience. So if there's someone who's aware of what medium is, uh, or just what blogging is, I tell them that that's what I do. You know, I write write stuff online. Um, you know, make online courses and things like that. And generally speaking, with that content, if someone said, "Oh, that's really cool. You're, you know, you're an author online. What do you write about? What's your typical answer there as well?" Uh, I, I think, gosh, I'm trying to think. The last time I told someone the content of what I write about, I think I just usually tell them something like, "I write about whatever piques my interest, but primarily it is focused on." Uh, self-improvement and productivity and I usually wait to see if they wince or not because uh, when people hear self-improvement or self-help or things along the, those lines you you know some people think of these kind of snake oil salesmen saleswomen who are trying to to sell you a, you know, 
a panacea, something that's going to fix your entire life and they're giving you tips and tricks and all that stuff. And I, I don't, I try not to do that. I try to come at it from the viewpoint of just, you know, a different way of looking at things to, to help make your life and your work better. That's awesome. Well, your work online is what led to us being on this podcast at the moment. And you had an article around achieving work-life harmony. And that last word is what caught my attention because I'm guilty mm -hmm. of the tradition and dogma of saying work-life balance. And I mean, I'm even promoted time off by talking about the concept of balance. And so your, your article really grabbed my attention because I'm always open to learning and having my ideas and taxonomy sanity checked and always open for, for improvement. And so you had a couple of rather than statements that I want to read real quick for listeners and have you respond to that. So the first is rather than balancing our career and our personal lives, we should aim to harmonize them rather than viewing your work life as something that competes with your personal life. It is far more helpful to view it as something that collaborates with and enriches it. And lastly, rather than viewing your job as competing for your time and attention, it's possible to view it as an opportunity to exemplify, strengthen, and reaffirm your character. I found those quotes to be brilliant in your article as applied to this concept of harmony over balance. So for a bit of context, Mike, how did you come to this realization that work-life harmony was a better framing than balance, in your opinion? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for that, uh, that adjective. Brilliant. I, I appreciate that. As far as the answer to that question, uh, how I realized it, I would probably give a lot of the credit to my wife. You know, we've been together for about 10 years and, and married for eight of those. And she, she's always been the type of person to, uh, to share like willingly and openly. We would, we both worked nine to five jobs and we met and we would just come home and talk about what was going on at the office and all that stuff. I just, I've never been the type to, to like work through my problems through talking. That's changing now. Thanks in large part to her. Um, but she, that's how she operates. So I learned a lot about her work and, and you know, who she was working with and the, the dynamics at the office and all that stuff. And she would ask me to, to help her make decisions and give her feedback and stuff. And so I found that it was very easy for me to understand if she was under a lot of pressure at work and if she needed some more time or, or things like that. Uh, and then when she left to start her own company, that's something that she was always involving me in uh, and, and still does to this day. And I didn't do that for the longest time. And as my job, my day job um, required that I travel more often, required me to, to work more off hours and get on conference calls with China and stuff like that, you know, it, it made more demands from, from my personal life. And so I just started to take her approach to it and I folded her into the decisions and, and I, I gave her more context because at the end of the day, like if I'm asking for her to be more understanding about me spending more time or energy working, I need to she needs to understand why, right? Instead of me just saying, I need to stay late at work and that's it. It just doesn't make any sense. If you're, if this person is a partner, which is what, you know, a good relationship is supposed to be, you got to treat them like a partner, which means you've got to, you've got to give them all the information that they need in order to, 
to help you make this decision you're trying to make. If you, if you just give them vague ideas of, of what's going on and, and you don't give them information uh, to, to help produce buy-in and all that stuff, it, you're just going to get nothing in return. You're going to get animosity or lack of understanding or things like that. It's just, it's no good. I see harmony as is something that is working together, as you said, and, and balancing is something that's different, which is like, there's the off and on switch. It's very binary, right? Balance is about right side, left side, and sort of the seesaw between the two. And regarding work-life balance, your, your thoughts on the flaws of that versus harmony. Yeah. The, the thing that stuck out to me as I started writing this piece uh, was when, when you talk about balance, it, it really, it's a connotation of, of zero sum. Like, like you would, like you talk about a game in game theory, you know, there's the zero sum games where, one person or one side getting an advantage comes at the cost of the other side. And when you think of a scale, a balanced scale, right, you've got one thing on one side and one thing on the other side. When you put more weight on one side, the other side lifts up, right, in response. And they're linked together that way. When you talk about work and life balancing, automatically I think about a balanced scale where you've got work on one side and life on the other. Um, and the more that I've worked uh, and the more that I've, you know, expanded my family and, and stuff. It's, it doesn't seem to work well that way uh, when you've got one thing on one side and one thing on the other. Because at the end of the day, what's the reason that we work, right? We're either working for a professional fulfillment, like a feeling of, of a mission and a purpose and feeling fulfilled. We're working for money or we're working for both. I mean, in my case, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm working for the paycheck, but I'm also working because I want to feel like I'm contributing to something and doing good work. Uh, why would I want to exclude another part of my life from it, especially when it's supposed to be feeding into it? So there should be a harmony there, especially if you're trying to, to make it one cohesive life. I like, I had no idea that the story of your wife going on her own entrepreneurial journey. So I'm excited to discuss that in terms of harmony because uh, yeah it's, it's it's no easy feat you have a quote in your article as well which is when we don't integrate our professional victories and struggles into our personal ones we miss a huge opportunity to allow friends and family to connect on a deeper level with us so living out this harmony how has that allow you to connect more with your tribe it's it's been huge for me. And I think really that's why I wrote this article. I mean, I really do write the, whatever kind of tickles my fancy, whatever uh, I've either got a bugaboo about or uh, I'm really inspired by. And, uh, and over the past like year or so, I've really started to integrate my work life more with my family. And, and it's been huge because, you know, now if I'm stressed out, which, you know, I get stressed out and you can see it on my face, um, you know, my wife will ask what's going on um, and I'll be more open about it. And, and I'll be able to tell her in a way that it, where we share a common language. So like, just think about maybe, you know, the first time you tried to tell someone close to you about your job and they don't have any context. Well, it's really, it's difficult to tell them about why you're so stressed because they don't know anything about 
the people that are involved in your stress or the customers that are involved in your stress or whatever. Um, but when you build a common language and they know the people at your office and they know the personal politics there and they know the, the battles you're struggling and the triumphs that you've had, it's a lot easier to communicate with them. And, and if something at your job is important uh, and, and you're excited about it or it's super important and you're stressed about it, you need to be able to tell the people close to you in a way that you can both understand so that you can get across to them how important this is uh, or how devastating it is, whatever the case may be. So that's been huge for me to be able to do that and do it more easily. You and your wife, in a way, as applied to your idea in your article, are both stakeholders in each of your professional journeys, which I think is very beautiful. And your concept of work-life harmony is about treating those people close to you as stakeholders from a business sense, right? If she's one of your stakeholders and you're one of her stakeholders, how would you say that's been instrumental recently in helping you in your work aspect of, of life? To give a really concrete example. So I, as I said earlier, I'm in sales and, um, and it is a traveling gig, um, but it didn't start out that way. I wasn't hired as a salesperson. Uh, I, I got there by kind of doing a bunch of different useful things in the company. And so that opportunity came up about a year or so ago, uh, you know, and it came with, with more pay and then the possibility of commission based on performance and stuff like that. Um, and so once that change happened, it, you know, it was critical for me to, to be able to, to tell her sometimes on short notice, like, Hey, th there's this opportunity uh, out on the East coast or something. And I, I've got to travel and it's got to happen this coming week. Well, you know, we got a kid in preschool. We got a kid who's just over one year old now. You know, my wife needs time to uh, to do the work that she's doing and possibly meet with the prospective clients and things like that. And so there's a lot of juggling that's got to go on. If I, you know, if I can tell her why this is a big opportunity and what it means for us and all that stuff and why I need to travel, uh, then we can make that decision together. And yeah, it might stink the, the kind of things we have to do in order to make it work. It's a lot easier when, when at the end of the day, we walk away from that decision. And she's like, yeah, it sucks and I don't like it, but I totally understand why you've got to do it. And it's a, it, I can get on the plane and head out there and meet with the client and be there instead of being there. And then also like wondering, you know, well, what does my wife really think about this? It's amazing. And thank you for sharing that, Mike, on the receiving side of that, that you, know, you had a situation with work and she was able to understand as a, as a partnership, as a stakeholder. But I'm also thinking about times where, whether it's past companies I've advised or invested in, one of my greatest feelings around that isn't, oh, I invested in this company. It's when that entrepreneur or team is vulnerable to me and is seeking my input on a situation they're in. And so it's that giving side, not only a receiving side, that's adds to purpose and value and that deeper connection that you speak to. So do you have any examples that come to mind of when on your wife's entrepreneurial journey, how her looking at you as a stakeholder, you've been able to assist her? Do you have anything you would like to share, an anecdote or something around that? Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, for one, uh, so she's actually got two ventures now. She's become one of those people that's kind of addicted to, to ventures, right? One is, you know, she, 
she's the the main owner and operator of the Sturm Agency, which is, you know, where she does all of her kind of uh, social media marketing and, and different work for different clients, but also has a, a website called Stateline Kids, which is just kind of a local website that caters to parents and caretakers of kids to find out about different playgrounds in, in our area and activities and things like that. And she launched that recently. So that was a whole, that was a bunch of different possible examples of, of where she asked me to help or just asked me for advice. Um, you know, I helped her to, to find like a good way to launch the website and create it. Um, and then, you know, all those kinds of things related to it. Um, technically the CFO of the company, which means I just basically meet with the accountant a couple times a year and make sure everything's good on paper. Um, but she goes to me all the time for different decisions or even if she's crafting content, uh, she'll send something to me and say, Hey, how does this look? Um, do you think this is good to publish or not? It, the list goes on and on. And I am so, I'm so grateful that she goes to me for that kind of stuff for one, cause it's, it's good to feel valued, right? Like your opinion really matters, but it's just good to see her doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and that I get to be involved in, in her journey. How does that make you feel a, a deeper connection with her? Because, because to her, and I think this applies to me too, especially for my writing, like there's, there's an aspect of work that's very personal, which is why it, it tends to make me angry when I hear that, that line, um, it's not personal, it's just business. Because uh, I think that's very shallow and, and untrue most of the time. So much of business is personal. And so much of the work that we as humans choose to do is deeply personal. When you can talk to someone, I know it sounds a lot of times like you're just discussing business and bouncing ideas off with someone. But when you sit down and talk about someone's life work and help them work through decisions or things like that, you develop a deep personal connection with them, whether you, you want to admit it or not. And if you do that with someone that you're already, um, you already have an intimate relationship with, I think it, it makes it even deeper. Beautifully said. So <laughs> I think that this harmony concept is powerful. And ever since reading your article, I've been keen on finding moments to practice it so I can actually learn it. And do you have something that listeners could put into practice and try out this week with their partner or family or friends to experiment and embody harmony with both work and the rest of their life? Yeah, I think, I think the simplest thing that you can do is just set aside time to, to talk to people. Um, whether you have a partner or, or someone that you live with or, or close friends or family, whoever you, you have a, a close personal relationship with, you know, just set aside time to talk to them about about your work and just go through just the, the rundown of what, what you're going through, the tough decisions you face. Um, maybe things are stagnant right now and you're not sure about your professional development, whatever's on your mind. Um, and if you don't have anything on your mind, you know, that maybe it's time to sit down and, and try to flesh things out for yourself first so that you, you define what it is that has to do with your professional journey that's important to you. And it really is like anything else about just setting aside time to talk to them about it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be formal. A lot of it depends on your relationship, right? Uh, maybe you go out for drinks. Um, maybe you have dinner a couple times a week or 
you know, if you live with someone, maybe you're doing chores or washing dishes. That's a lot of the time when my wife and I talk about this stuff. One of us is cooking dinner or, uh, you know, one of us is cleaning up toys from the front room floor or, or what have you. Just keep each other up to speed on what's going on um, with your work. You know, like, I like that as a actionable piece of advice. And it makes me think about the many moments where whether it's your friend, a significant other, or your parents, or even if you're, if you are a parent and you may say this to your kids, but that typical moment, the end of the day, everyone's collecting for dinner or just at the home or at a bar and it's, Hey, how was, how was your day? And it's the typical, that was good. Or yeah, that was all right. And then just like, <laughs> ends right there. And that's, you know, to me, that's, such an amazing invitation that we actually have a high frequency of interacting with. And, you know, hopefully that this conversation and the actionable practice you just mentioned, the next time you're asked that or ask it, you can try to dig deeper because we all have something that is worth talking about, whether it's a struggle or like a small win that day that is actually important to relish in and talk about and share that with someone because that, may ignite something in your friend or your partner and motivate them. It's, you know, trying to do more than just answering with the typical robotic response of good, decent, okay. That's something that after your article, I've, I've put it into practice too with some friends of just, maybe it's not anything that's terrible that's going on for me, but it might be a little task that I actually feel very proud about. And that's worth sharing with them. That's big, man. I think, I think that's a great comment. Big is small and small is big. The things that you consider to be small victories or, or small issues, those are the types of things that, that can really sink a hook into people, right? To get them to start listening because they might be able to offer advice right away because they don't need a lot of context, right? And then, mm -hmm. then that gets them more interested. And then you can really start to fold them into stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a great way to approach it. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about burnout. I have a lot of friends that have voiced their burned out stressed out. I relate to that because I've been there before. And, you know, Mike, I, I generally believe that humans produce less quality work when they're, let's say, locked in one office for a very long amount of time, being inundated with hundreds of notifications, and generally speaking, just working exorbitant amounts of hours, uh, and that there's actually value in you know, taking a break and all these other topics that we discuss on this podcast. And, and I'm curious with you, you know, you do produce an incredible body of work in your writing in addition to another job, which I'm new to understanding. And so hats off to you on that. I, I find that's very impressive, but I'm curious if you believe in the concept of rest as a strategy and what rest might look like for you if you do. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more about, rest being important and, and not just rest, but even if you're not technically resting, moving more slowly. Um, I did, one of my favorite pieces of writing that I've done it's from a while ago is called Slower, Fewer, Less. Uh, and uh, it's basically about that idea of we've, we've gotten so accustomed to, to going so fast and trying to produce more. We've become obsessed with speed and quantity and it's taken us in the wrong direction. Even though I do produce a lot of stuff, you know, writing wise, there's an element of it that is restful for me. And while my, my fingers are moving, 
and my brain is working, it's working at a different wavelength than what I'm used to. It's, it's more of self-expression and curiosity that's been kind of pent up being allowed to, to go wild and, and go where it wants to. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's put into the writing form. But uh, that said, I do, I do try to do rest uh, that other people would recognize as rest. Um, I, I meditate daily, um, which if that's the only thing that I do from a rest standpoint, I wouldn't consider that, you know, a great amount of rest, but it definitely helps me. Um, it helps to, to keep my body and mind from constantly being in motion. Uh, and the other thing that I do that I place a high amount of importance on is, um, is playing with my kids. We don't do a lot of structured play. You know, I'll just sit with them and whatever they're doing or exploring, I'll get involved in and we'll joke around. Uh, and then maybe we'll just sing and dance or whatever, but it's, it's unstructured. So it allows us to just do whatever it is that we want to do and just relax and unwind. And, you know, there's the usual sitting around and watching TV or just, or just talking. And I try to make sure that there's some of that going on every day. Unstructured play. I like that as a topic, my friend. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big one for me, Matt. I've written about it like once or twice before a while ago but it's always, it's in the back of my mind is something that needs to be more prevalent. I think it's beautiful that you just kind of sit there and flow with your kids and in their imaginative state. Have you reaped some benefit from that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, if, if I had, if I had a little bit of time, I could go and look at all my writing that I've done, uh, since, well, since the get go, cause I had my, my first kid around the time that I started writing, um, but there's a bunch of pieces that I've written that came from one of those sessions of unstructured play. Um, well, the, the piece about the benefits of unstructured play or free play was one of them. Uh, and then uh, I think I wrote a piece not long ago about what I learned from watching my son try to walk, uh, just about procrastination and fear of trying and failing and all that stuff. And it's just these, these things that, that you catch when you're not expecting. I think some people call them shower thoughts but you can also have them when you're just sitting around and playing with your kids. It's amazing. It's amazing how the mind works. Yeah. It's that subconscious that's sitting there just churning for us. If we let, yes. if we give it the room. Yes. The room, the room's big. It's not, it's like, it's mental time and mental space uh, yeah. and physical time and space help too. But, but yeah, allowing your mind space where it's not constrained by goals or demands or, or any kind of structure. Hmm. Both you and I have likely been this person at one moment in our life. I think we are doing a good job of trying to prevent it, but it's that person that is just continuously grinding, convinced that, you know, continuing to work, 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 work without rest is going to equal success. I know I have several friends right now that are in that mode that I've observed and you may have some as well that don't value time off and, and rest as much as you. Is there something if they were listening right now that you would just want to say to them that would maybe motivate them to take rest, unstructured play, some of these other topics you've talked about more seriously? It's That's tough, right? Because... I think we encounter this problem with any kind of habit change. I mean, there's a reason why uh, the, the topic of habits is so huge right now in, 
personal development and productivity literature and, and classes and videos and all that stuff. It's because people get into a habit, especially like the habit of being busy. And it's really hard to break, especially if you're getting what seems like positive feedback, right? Like things are happening and maybe some more money's rolling in um, and you're, you're happy to endure the stresses while that's happening. So I think it's, it's tough, but I think interruption is key. And that's probably the case for any habit, but you've got to interrupt the normal flow so that you can experience what it's like to, to be outside of the, the normal flow and channel uh, of, of the busy life. One of the things that I get to do regularly, which helps me out with that, is uh, I get to go on a plane and be there for a few hours while I travel somewhere. You could choose to buy the Wi-Fi, but I choose not to. So I just bust out my notebook and I just, instead of looking at things on my computer or projects that are already in queue, I just take, I take the chance, uh, the opportunity while I'm on the airplane to just be outside of everything, to be literally above everything, right? But also figuratively and, um, and just ask myself some deeper questions like what's important to me? What do I view as my purpose? And I don't refer to any previous documents that I've written about those things or journals or whatever. Uh, it's just blank slate at a moment's notice and, and just at a high level glance, how do I think I'm doing? And, and am I doing the things that are important to me? And how do I feel? Because feelings are way more important than I think people realize. We're obsessed with quantification, but um, how you feel about your life is, is way more important than that stuff. So asking yourself and giving yourself time to answer, like how do I feel about how things are going? That in and of itself can be a form of replenishing rest, but it has the bonus of, of getting, getting you to focus on the things that are really important to you. The question I often write to myself, because I, again, I am, I like getting things done and I'm guilty of sometimes that habit of just go, 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 go. And the question I like asking myself is, is this hard work working? You know, yeah. It feels good to check things off the list, but if you're not pushing the larger effort or objective forward, uh, it's just a bunch of exhaust, exhausting labor that might not be leading to anywhere. And you need those little pause moments of, of reflection. In fact, my flight yesterday, I had a similar experience of I brought out a notebook and just started asking really hard questions about what I'm working on. What do I want to focus on? Who's the type of people I want to work with? Who are the type of people I want to surround myself with? in the coming months to close out the year. And I got to a lot of answers that have completely changed my agenda for the next coming months. And that was a real gift. Ooh, that's cool. Any, I mean, are there any that, that you'd like to share just as like a, an example of what someone could get out of that? Sure. So I asked myself if who I've been talking about meaning like when I talk to people about who I am and what I'm up to. Oh, okay. And am, am I just saying something in a robotic, like it's something I said a few months ago, so it's memorized and it's just my answer. <laughs> is, that, is that actually what I am and what I'm wanting to be? And there was uh, a number of contradictions there. So for example, I've in the last 18 months or so, I've been very deep in, uh, the blockchain industry, doing a lot of decentralized application development and prototyping around that. And that's been awesome. And, I, and I've learned a lot. Uh, 
but the truth is, is what I really have been doing is working on this time off project and a number of other experiments I have, product experiments I have in mind. And that's really what I'm up to. And so I realize in recent networking opportunities, I've been saying a dated version of what I actually am right now. And it was kind of an identity audit <laughs> in, in a way. And it, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. It got me super excited about when I landed, like I was like, all right, the next person who asked me what I'm up to, I'm just going to speak my truth. And that, that took a lot of weight off of my shoulders that without that reflection moment, I didn't even know it was on there. I didn't know that that extra 60 pounds of identity <laughs> pressure was, was there, but it, you know, uh, so to, to your point, I, yeah, that's, that activity just sort of gave me that gift uh, yesterday and, and uh, it feels much better today to speak my truth. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. So what are you focused on right now outside of your day to day job? You know, the, the writer in you, what, you know, what are you focused on right now and how can I help? How can listeners help in your endeavors? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad that I took a chance in that asked that question of you and you were able to share that because I'm going through something similar right now. I mean, I've been writing online, um, at least in my, my current kind of uh, endeavors on productivity and personal development and all that stuff for a few years now. I don't want to say it's gotten stale, but I've hit a point where at, at this point I, I want a little more cohesion, right? So I talked a little bit before about how I I've been writing kind of whatever strikes my fancy and it's been great because there's, there's a certain freedom to that. But at the same time, I've got a decent amount of people who are reading my work regularly and I, I don't want to leave them in the dust, right? I want to, I want to be of service. I've been thinking a lot recently about how I want to do that. And so I have this, this newsletter called wool gathering uh, that I've been publishing for a while and it basically links to my work on medium, but then also provides some other you know, insights and, um, and links to, to stuff online. And I, I really want to change that into something more, um, more narrow in scope so that I can provide more value. I think I've got an idea of what's that gonna, what that's going to be and what kind of value I'm going to be able to provide. Um, and I'm working through that right now. For now, it's, it's not necessarily secret, but it's, it's in the works. And uh, if, you're, if you're willing, I will. I'm going to reach out to you. I'll take you up on that. How, however I can help my friend. Well, until this new endeavor is uh, released, is there a preferred place that listeners can discover you on the internet? Yeah, I think the, the best place to, to start is probably on Medium. Uh, for those who are familiar with it, it's just medium.com, like the size of a shirt. Uh, and you can just search my name, Mike Sturm, S-T-U-R-M. Uh, or if you just go, you can go directly to medium.com uh, slash at symbol Mike Sturm, and you'll see my writing there. I also have a website that's my home base, mikesturm.net, and uh, it has uh, a couple of different links to, to things I've done, among which is the, um, uh, I made a spreadsheet to help people run getting things done, uh, the productivity system, by just using a simple spreadsheet. And I created a course to go along with that through Skillshare. And so people can kind of find a link to that by going to mikesturm.net. Uh, and then I'm also on Twitter, uh, at a perfect sturm. Um, pause for laughter. Uh, <laughs> That's my kind of humor. My, my yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've been on there for a while. It's mainly a place to link out to my work on Medium, 
Uh, but then also if I manage to think of something witty or, or worth pondering, I'll throw it out there. So, so what you're saying is sometimes your, twi- your twi- Twitter feed is a real-time brainstorm. Oh, nice. See what I, I did might, there? I might steal that, man. That's, that's a good one. Please take it. Take <laughs> it. Um, so a new question I've been wanting to ask guests just because it's awesome that you know we have so much that we more or less agree upon. So the topics of, of rest and play, uh, unstructured play. What other topics or types of people do you think you'd like to hear on future interviews um, I have? I just don't want me to be the sole ideation of potential content. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of, to tap into. It's fertile ground that you're tapping into here with the the subject of time off and rest and things like that, especially because there's not really too many people talking about it, at least not on a regular basis. Uh, so I think, gosh, man, if you, if you could get someone that doesn't seem to subscribe to it on the show, like maybe Gary Vaynerchuk or, or someone like that, who's been ardently against that kind of thing, who's hustle mentality all the way and all that stuff, just to, to kind of open up that mind and, and discover what it is there that's so different from, from where we're at. You know what I mean? But wow. that, that's the only that's thing a, I can think of. That's a, actually a, a brilliant challenge. <laughs> I was actually, I had coffee this, this morning with someone who said, Hey, I've, I've been listening to uh, your podcast and I really like some of the practices that some of the guests have recommended. And we were just going back and forth and I was seeking feedback and he was like, he's like, dude, I'm so glad you're creating this because of the, the Gary Vaynerchuk's out there that are like, grind, 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 grind. If it doesn't suck, you're not successful. And him and I were just debating like, is that like half just scare tactic sensationalism? Or, or like, does he really just not have time off? And so I want to dig deep and investigate that because me as a family, and I, I can only imagine that he has to have quality moments with his family and that there's some time off agreement there. But who knows? Maybe it'll just be a duke it out battle between him and I, which could be entertaining. Yeah. And he, I, I heard him recently on, have you heard the, uh, the podcast 10% happier Dan Harris? No, that's a great title. Yeah. It's uh, so he wrote a book. He was like a, an anchor on ABC and I think he still is. Um, but he had a panic attack on air several years ago and then found meditation. And uh, he, uh, he wrote this book and has a podcast by the same name. And he interviews a lot of different people from meditation experts to just famous people who meditate also to Gary Vaynerchuk, who doesn't meditate, but was on a big surprise, right? He was on the show, like talking about how meditation is going to be a huge or mindfulness rather is going to be a huge enterprise. And he wants to jump on the train. And there was a little bit of a challenge there. And they talked a little bit about work-life balance, but I, I still got the vibe that he is still like Mr. Hustle unapologetically. Uh, so that's what made me think of that when you asked that question is I just, it sticks in my mind of like, he, he's really defending that position strongly and it seems to be working for him, but it would be interesting to, to go back and forth in the interest of just an open idea, open marketplace of ideas. I'm going to accept that challenge. Not, I mean, I'm going to try to get Gary on, <laughs> Gary on here, but just people in general that may by whatever estimations I can make are against time off in a way. And yeah, have some interesting conversations. So that's fantastic. And I think that would provide a, a good balance so that it's not only me just preaching to the choir. 
Right. Right. Awesome, Mike. Well, anything else? No, that's, that's all I got. I, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Awesome, Mike. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll do this again with your future endeavors. Again, however I can help or listeners can help, uh, we're excited uh, to see you transform into your next project. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Awesome, Mike. Take it easy. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Mike and I. And I hope that this coming week or weekend that you bring up work and the things you're working on with those closest to you. And also ask those people how their work is going. Try it out. At the worst, you may get shut down, but likely you'll form a deeper connection with them and give some advice or get some advice that you wouldn't have received otherwise. So I wish you a harmonic week of work and life, and I'm excited of the work ahead for me as well and look forward to having a beer or a coffee with those I care about soon to discuss my ideas and aspirations. Happy creations, and thanks for listening.